Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Dr. Randy Clark from Global Awakening. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Clark. Uh, you're welcome, Angel. Well, we know that healing is for today. We know that signs, wonders, and miracles should follow us. Talk to our listeners today about that. Well, it's biblical. And whenever the church has grown the most in the history of its, in the church, it's been through people who they, there were miracles in their lives, healing in their lives, power in their life. And so it's scriptural, it's historical, and partic particularly since the uh, beginning of the 20th century, it's been a major reason for the major expansion of the church, uh, expansion of the church in the 20th century. And wherever, like one out of four people in Africa, when they go on the continent of Africa to church for the first time, it's because they need healing. 80% of all Christians south of the equator have had experiences of healing or gifts of the Spirit active in their life. So it's, uh, it's very important. Now there's different streams of healing. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the different kinds of streams? Well, in the New Testament you have what I call the apostolic stream uh, that you just see it and it's recorded in the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts. Uh, in the next few hundred years, you got the apostolic church, the, the, the church of the fathers, where there's still a lot of gifts happening, a lot of miracles that were taking place. Um, then if you move past that, you kind of in the have within Catholicism, Orthodoxy, uh, more of a healing that's related to faith, but it's also through it's, it's, it's through sacraments. They, uh, but it's, there's a faith that's related to that as well. And then you have the, um, the healing, the, the kind of, it's not, it's a stream, but it's not, doesn't have as much water in the stream, but it's the historic denominations of the Reformation. Even though they didn't believe in the gifts of healing were for today, and they didn't believe anybody had gifts of healing, they believed God st could still heal, and occasionally, not very frequently, but occasionally there would be an answer to prayer, and so it's seen uh, in that way. In the middle of the eight, 19th century, in the 1850s, uh, you have the beginning of the faith cure movement, which is similar to the Word of Faith movement today, and it was, uh, it was a faith based upon the promises of God in Scripture and believing those promises. It didn't really emphasize the gifts of healing or people having gifts of healing as much as there are these promises that we stand on. And um, uh, and that was the really the beginning of, uh, of healing within uh, the more of the historic Protestant denominations. And this was 50 years before Pentecost started. With the birth of Pentecostalism, they were the first denominations that actually had a doctrinal statement in their beliefs, in their creeds, confessions of faith would be a better way that said we believe in healing we believe in the gifts of healing for today in the working of miracles so and in within that then you have those Pentecostals that basically uh, just adopted the faith cure movements positions of um, more like word of faith today and then and then you had the emphasis on the anointing for healing people had anointing and some people were like healing evangelists uh, particularly the by the um, um, Pentecost uh, and then uh, like John, uh, John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and um, 
Charles Price and uh, people like that, and then Oral Roberts and all the uh, A. Allen, those in the 1940s and 50s, and then Catherine Kuhlman. And when you get to Catherine Kuhlman, you move from the healing line to the word of knowledge was the emphasis of how she moved in, in healing. And, and Richard Roberts, for example, unlike his dad, was not so much the healing line, the anointing for healing, as much as healing connected to words of knowledge. Then you get, but healing was seen to be in the atonement and was part of the, the cross and the benefits of it. When you get to John Wimber and um, a number of other people uh, in the like the 1980s, you have what was would be called the uh, third wave movement, and it is an emphasis on uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and their relation to the gifts of revelation causing the gift of faith and the gifts of power. And so, um, and, and, and there was not, there's a real emphasis on not blaming people, not saying they don't have enough faith or saying they got sin in their life. It's much more the, a sovereign work of God. And so these are streams. You've got a sacramental stream, you've got this gift stream, you've got an anointing stream, and you've got the promise stream, I'd put it that way. Well, I'm a word woman, and so I love the word of God. And he said in Psalm 107:20, he sent his word and he healeth thee. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's many, many scriptures on healing today. Mm -hmm. And we know, as you said, it is for today. I want to ask you a little bit more about words of knowledge. I know that I would have a dream at night or something would come to me about I do a lot of inner healing for women and I would I would wake up in the night and I would begin to write and so I wrote one piece called The Empty Womb. I would go to work the next day and I would meet many different people that had right out of the blue they would say to me I just had a miscarriage or I had five miscarriages or um, so I would meet several people that very next day. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? That's one of the ways you can get words of knowledge is one of the seven ways I'm aware. I mean, I'm sure it's not the only ways. Right. But I'm only aware of seven. That's the last one I learned about is through dreams. Through dreams. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And uh, God does use, not only did he use dreams in scripture but he, and throughout church history, but he still uses dreams today. What are the other six? Uh, you can feel a pain that's not your pain. You can have an impression of a name of a disease, name of a person, or just maybe information about some somebody. So it's impression, so you can feel it and you can think it. You can see it. It's like a daydream. Can be an open vision where the, you don't see anything. You're looking at it, all of it disappears, and all you see is just like watching a movie. But that is rare compared to the like mental pictures. Like it was fleeting mental pictures, like like I said, like you know, like a daydream. So you can feel them, you can think, you can see them, you can read them. Some people actually see words written on people, literally can read it. Uh, you have an odd experience that God gives you interpretation to, that lets you know what He wants to do. So you can feel them, think them, see them, read them, experience them, uh, say them. Is always when you're talking to somebody or praying for somebody, you say or pray something you didn't intend to say. You heard yourself say it, but it opens them up. It, it's something that's that really important to them, and you can see it on their face. And they say, how did you know it? I said, I didn't know it. I heard it when you did. And then they dream them. I heard you say today in your meeting that don't be led by just the prophetic word. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in the power of the prophetic word, and we do know that, that is, it is powerful. Mm -hmm. But um, can you expound upon that a little bit? 
prophetic prophecy is a great thing. I, I, I had, for years in my church, we had prophetic prof- conferences on prophecy, schools of prophecy. I have an um, online course on prophecy, so I value prophecy very much. But prophecy can be abused. People can say what they think you want to hear. They can, they can say things that can be grandiose, and everybody wants to believe a word is grandiose about them. Uh, prophecy can be uh, wrong, it, it, because it's, a, it's, a, it's not a false prophecy, it's a bad prophecy, it's a wrong prophecy. Uh, in a sense, it wasn't really God. And, and there can be, that can be a case where it's actually true, in a sense, quoting the scripture, but it's out of context, and it's the wrong scripture for them for that time. And so even though it's a truth, it's not the truth that they need right then. And so it's, it, was, it was a prophecy that was, I put it this way, was in the flesh. You know, and, there, and like there's nothing you say, well, that's wrong. That's not a biblical truth. That's heresy. No, it's a biblical truth. But that applied to my life right now is not what the Lord is saying. And it's not... And so you have to be careful. People often can use prophecy to manipulate. I say prophecies like nitroglycerin in the church as a pastor. If you know how to handle it and handle it correctly and teach your people how to handle it correctly, it's got the blessing of benefit. If it's not handled correctly and you don't teach your people how to correctly handle it and how to receive and give and discern, then it can be, it can, it's like nitroglycerin. It can build, it can also destroy and uh, break, you know, it can be quite um, disastrous sometimes. You're a storyteller. Yes. And you've seen a lot of different miracles. You've seen healing. Um, You speak about impartation. Tell me some stories. Tell our listeners today some stories that were just life changing for you that really changed the way that you saw how God was operating through his people with healing. One of the greatest healings I saw, I'm not to want to pray, is a guy on my team who had never prayed for anybody in his life. It's his first time to pray for anybody. And the guy is, he prayed for a man who's 25 years old, as a police officer in Manaus, Brazil, and been shot through the stomach and the bullet had severed his spine. He's paraplegic. Um, it, and it had been like two months before. And the guy prayed, and he interviewed him what was happening, nothing's happening. And he said, the little bit of faith I had was gone. I had none now. But I, I told the team, I don't expect you to heal anybody. Only God can heal. But I expect you to treat people with love and respect and don't blame them and you know, don't condemn them. Uh, and minister to them in such a way they'd feel like the love of Jesus just happened to them. So even though he didn't have a lot of strong faith, he didn't have really hardly any faith because he never prayed for anybody in his life. This is the first one, and we started praying, nothing's happening. He said, I, I want this guy to feel loved, and if I quit after only like a five-minute prayer, he's not going to feel valued. So he said, I'm, gonna, he, I'm just going to pray so he feel loved. And the guy who's praying had been up for two straight days without any sleep because he missed had mechanical problems on the plane. And he's very sleepy. It's past midnight. And he's praying. He's got his hand on the back of his shoulder and a hand on his chest, praying from behind the wheelchair. His head now, forehead, beginning to rest on the guy's shoulder. And he said, right before I started to snore, 
the guy jumped out of that wheelchair, turned around, hugged him, wept all over his shirt, just wept and walked off. Now that is impressive. We had another woman that prayed for five hours for one guy on a team. Um, she's on our team and she prayed in Goiânia, Brazil. And the guy at, is 60 and at five he had a muriatic acid spill that went in his eyes and just destroyed his eyes. And he had eighth of an inch thick white scar tissue. You could see no brown. He's Hispanic. could see no brown. All you could see was white scar tissue. And when she started to pray are normally there's a lot of people to pray for like thousands to pray for sometimes and when she started to pray after a while she stopped and re-interviewed what's going on like Jesus prayed to the blind man and what do you see I mean like trees walking he prayed again and then he see all things clearly and so she prayed nothing, nothing was happening didn't feel anything no heat no energy no improvement uh, and she wanted to quit and she had an impression don't quit it's just impression so she didn't Every time she wanted to quit, that impression would come back, don't quit. She prayed for him with the whole service, which lasted five hours from the counting to ministry time at the end. And we got there an hour before service to pray for the really sick and then four hour service or three hours of teaching, I think. Three days later, I mean, she left and he never could see a thing. And it wasn't gradual. He went to bed two nights later with just as blind as he'd ever been and the next morning woke up with no scar tissue and brand new eyes and perfect vision that was one of the biggest miracles we, we, we saw um, we saw people, we've seen people with Parkinson's, we've seen people with ALS, one guy with ALS about five with Parkinson's uh, two or three with MS healed uh, on one trip we saw three people with AIDS healed and verified by the doctor on just one trip. And that same trip in just one church in eight days we saw uh, a paraplegic was here, mentioned a guy. Uh, three people with AIDS in this one trip. Uh, Sixty deaf and twelve blind and uh, I forgot how many tumors now. I think it was, it was several tumors that just disappeared. You know. We had one meeting where the two pastors and their wives were praying for a woman who had a big tumor in, in the abdomen somewhere. And as they're praying, she had a dress on, it just fell out of her body onto the floor. And uh, that, that was an amazing thing. So we, we've, we've seen a, we had a guy who didn't have an optic nerve connected to his eye. Again, I wasn't involved with that. Matter of fact, I wasn't hardly involved with any of these, just people on my team. And matter of fact, this one church in Brazil is it got up to like 75,000 members at one time, but when we were there, it was about 25,000. First started, it was about 5,000. Um, they, they call my team the wonder workers because we've seen things in nature happen when we were there, like this, this wind coming, blow things down in the building when there's, and there's no wind outside. And it blew doors open and blew chairs down. There's this mighty rushing wind, you know. Uh, we, one night when we was praying and they didn't have any walls up yet, and this is the earlier, and uh, we said, Lord, let your river of healing, like Ezekiel 47, Revelation, uh, come, and whoever the river touches, heal them, and it started pouring down rain, instantly clap of thunder, and it, uh, uh, there's no walls, no gutters, and the rain's coming off the side, and the wind comes and blows it in on this deaf section. And within minutes, we had eight deaf people that's hearing, and no one prayed for them. And that wind caused the rain to spiral across and come down, and people just started getting healed all over the place. So they, because of those bizarre type phenomena, weird type of healings, 
they call my team the wonder workers. And Aaron, the executive pastor at the time, told me, he said, there's one thing that the, the people love you, Randy, and they love your teams, but they think one thing you lie. And I said, what's that? And he said, you tell them that these people are just like them, that most of them and 90% of the people on my team are not pastors or lay people. And I, and I think it's important. I take teams with me initially because not only did we see double what we would see without them, but the other thing, the reason I take them, is it, it's a real, it's one thing to say God will use everybody. And that's a statement. But when you have a team made up of 90% lay people, that's a picture. And that's a prophetic sign to them that God will really use them. Because a lot of Latin America and Asia, the macho effect, they want to have a king. They want to have a chief. They want, they're, they're more than glad to have God's man of power for they are, and he does everything. I, have to, I, I work to come against that to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's great. God uses ordinary, <clears throat> everyday people to do extraordinary things, does that's, he not? That's true. And just when I think I figured out a little bit, he shows me that he does, he can change. He can. He's God. He's create the creator. He can do it any way that he wants. And there's mm -hmm. no figuring God out, is there? No. That's why we need all those streams of healing that makes up the one healing river. Most of us have a stream that we think it's the pure stream. It's better than all the others. I've, I've come to realize that God uses all these streams um, and they all have a place and there's times when w what you may believe in your stream that may not be the, my strength is what I need to share with somebody for them to get their healing and there may be a time that's you know I, I need something from another stream and so I think we as Christians need to be aware of more than our teaching of our own streams. You were talking about the different denominations, different faiths, um, faith in God, but different uh, denominations and uh, like the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church. I grew up Protestant mm -hmm. um, and I'm involved with some, um, with an axe retreat through the Catholic Church. And you know what I come to realize, um, Dr. Clark, was that I just want to see God's people healed. Mm -hmm. And you know, it didn't, I would meet these individuals and had such love for them that I didn't care if it was in the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, if it was at Walmart, if it mm -hmm. was um, outside those four walls, just as long as they got mm -hmm. what God had died for. Yeah. You know what, what amazing thing on our team, where's unity. We have Catholics, we have Episcopalians, we have Pentecostals, we have Baptists, we have Holiness people, we have Methodists, we have all Charismatics, we have all types of people on the team, but you can't, you don't know who they are. And from all these different backgrounds, and God uses them all. And it's amazing. Sometimes the person with the least amount of knowledge and training sees the greatest miracles. It's just like God's way of encouraging us that he wants to use everybody. Yeah, I remember um, I was always a very timid person, very quiet, never really wanted to be in the front. Um, I would just go put the tablecloths on the table, help the ladies' uh, ministry, um, just whatever is behind the scenes to pray. But you know, God says whoever is 
um, the servant, whoever serves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he works with us. He, he changes us from glory to glory. And he's the one that um, brings out those gifts. He's the one that deposits them in us and mm -hmm. he works them. So I encourage all of my listeners every week that they are, um, their life is they have a purpose and value and a destiny, and that God has an ultimate and a great plan for them. Yeah, we, you know, we're talking about the Catholic Church. My second to last book and came out this March was written by the leading Catholic scholar of biblical studies in the world. It's a, it's a woman who oversaw a whole commentary and wrote two of them, was editor of the whole commentary, New Testament, and wrote Mark and uh, Hebrews, the commentaries. And she went to Brazil with a big on a team, and then she wrote a book on healing. And uh, one of the other professors, the seminary father Matthias Thalen, wrote a book on healing, which, both of which were influenced by my teaching and, and praying for them. And so Mary and I, Dr. Mary Healy and I, wrote a book called the Spiritual Gift Handbook, so that people just say this is not a Catholic thing or a Protestant thing. This is we agree that this is a Christian thing. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's really very helpful. It goes, goes to the whole church, you know, and see what the Catholics and Protestants say. And then just to encourage people, I, my last book was on eyewitness to miracles. And I talk about the greatest miracles that I've seen. And then I have a little footnote, and you can go to the back end note and look up and see where to type in on your computer on Google and take you to watch that video that I've been talking about. The person who's just then sharing right after they were healed. Wow. So that written, because people say, I believe it when I see it. So, okay. Because right. the subtitle of the book is, is uh, Watching the Gospel Come to Life. So they can hear it, but they can also see it. Uh, so I, I really wanted to write it to encourage people and try to explain why the West became so anti-supernatural and what God's doing to reverse that. Amen. Well, I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. I thank you, um, Dr. Clark, for taking the time to um, do this interview with me. And Global Awakening, um, we just declare that God is moving on the earth today. And would you uh, pray for our listeners? Yeah, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would cause them to feel you drawing them and encouraging them and your love for them, that they know that you exist and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. And I pray that there would be a great grace come on. I call forth for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to begin to flow in their lives. And even some, I want to declare that some of you are moving in gifts of the Spirit, but you don't know it. And because you don't understand it, you, you, don't, you don't share it. But it's already happening, and all you need to do is just to learn how to recognize, oh, that's God. It will give you such faith. And others of you, it's going to start. And so I just pray right now in Jesus' name for an activation of the gifts of the Spirit. And I pray even if some of them are driving down the highway or mashing potatoes for getting ready for supper, God, as they're just meditating on you and thinking about you, or even when they're not, you just move in upon them and fill them with your Holy Spirit and bring your joy and your peace and your power into their lives that they, Holy Spirit, you would cause them to love Jesus more and the Father more. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining me. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.